0: If you'll take your Bible and uh, join with me in reading from the Gospel of Luke, we're going to read from chapter 13, and we're going to look at verses 18 and 19, and we will also make reference to verses 20 and 21 because both of these passages uh, refer to the kingdom of God, what it's like in the kingdom of God. Now, I realize that the only thing between you and uh, winter, winter chicken dinner today is this sermon. So I promise to be as succinct as possible. Now, I believe our schedule is we're going to go out and uh, dig the ground up, uh, turn over the, the dirt to dedicate the building, And then we'll come back in and we'll be ready to eat. Tables will be up and we'll be ready to eat. And do we have somebody taking photos? I wore a red sweater today just for the photo session. And uh, the girl that I spun the bottle with uh, is going to be with me today. So I want to be sure she's in the picture. In chapter 13 of the Gospel of Luke, Jesus talks about the kingdom of God. And he does so in parables. Now, a parable is a story with one point um, applicable to the times in which it is told. People will uh, easily look around and and understand what the meaning of the parable is, but many did not quite comprehend the spiritual teachings that Jesus was trying to uh, get across about the kingdom of God. Now, when we think about the kingdom of God, We need to think about God's rule and God's reign. Now, the kingdom of God and the church are two different things. The kingdom of God and the church are two different entities. The church serves the kingdom of God. The church exists within the kingdom of God, but the kingdom of God is greater than the church. It is God's rule and God's reign. And there are some principles that we are to live by, and some we are going to celebrate this very day in our grand breaking ceremony that we're going to have. Um, And I praise God for that opportunity. Therefore he was saying, What is the kingdom of God like? And to what shall I compare it? It is like a mustard seed, which a man took and threw into his own garden. And it grew, and it became a tree and the birds of the air nested in its branches. In verse 20, he uses another parable to illustrate the kingdom of God. To what shall I compare the kingdom of God? It is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three pecks of meal until it was all leavened. In the first parable, we see the kingdom of God growing up. As we make investment in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God requires that we make investment. The parable here is about a farmer who planted a seed. That was his investment. We invest in the kingdom of God. When we give to a building program, we are giving to the kingdom of God. We are investing in the kingdom of God. Because in our building program, there is one particular purpose for this building. Does anybody know what we're trying to do? Why are we building this building? Why are we spending $1.4 million to build this building? How does it relate to the kingdom of God? Anybody know? All right, we're going to have Sunday school. We're going to have discipleship classes. We are investing in the great commission of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. That is our great commission, and we are being faithful to invest in the commission. Now, it starts out small, in fact, uh, when I first came I recall Uh, a number being thrown out from the pulpit that if we could raise $35,000, we'd have enough to build this building. And I thought to myself, $35,000 is not going to buy much, and I challenged you at that point to think bigger and uh, consider a greater investment, and you did. Uh, You not only gave $35,000, you've given $107,000 as of last count. And since COVID came along and the price of everything has doubled, any estimate you get on a building program, you can double it when it comes time to actually build it. And that has happened as well. So a $750,000 building is now $1.4 million. And so we are investing considerably in the ministry of the kingdom of God. And this ministry will consist of Bible study, It will consist of fellowship. It will consist of worship. It will consist of missions and evangelism. These are the five purposes of the church. This is how the church serves the kingdom of God, Bible study, fellowship, prayer, uh, worship, Ministry and uh, missions. All of those are activities of the kingdom of God. Now, hear me, church. When we focus, we invest our money, when we invest our time, when we invest our efforts in kingdom work like that, God grows His kingdom. God grows His kingdom. Now, as you're past in the interim, stay with me. I'm going to say some things I hope you'll hear, because I've had a lot of experience trying to grow the kingdom of God through efforts that do not build the kingdom of God. And we call those programs. Programs. Baptists for years and years and years have tried to grow people, have tried to grow disciples, make disciples through programs in the church. We built a gym at my church in Louisville. I thought next week it'd be filled up with people wanting to jump in there and play ball. Nobody came. And then we had to invite Long Run Baptist Association's Basketball League to come and play because we didn't have any teams. And they came, families came, people played, adult men got on that floor, injured themselves. We, we actually had one man to die playing basketball in, in our gym, we did, just collapsed and died. Fortunately, we had a floor called VersaTurf. VersaTurf is a spongy, it's hard, it has a strong resistance in it, but it's not like what you've got here. I'm really glad you're not playing basketball in here. It would cost you a whole lot of hospitalizations. One elbow on this tile floor will destroy you for years to come. It's easy to be injured on this floor. And then we discovered that those people who were playing basketball in our church were not coming to worship, Bible study, fellowship, ministry, nor evangelism and missions. They were not participating. All the time I meet people today who are in their 40s who say, You're Brother Curry, aren't you? Yes, I am. You used to pastor that church, didn't you? Yes, I did. I used to play basketball at your church. Where do you attend now? Oh, we don't go. We don't go. Why do we don't go? We don't go because there has been no discipleship. And a program that has no discipleship will not make disciples. A program that has no discipleship will not make disciples. Investment must be intentional. And if we are to put a seed of the kingdom of God and the soil and watch it grow, we must be intentional about the ministry of that seed. As a side note, I'm not talking about seed faith money that some of you are giving to these TV preachers. That's, um, That's not about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is eternal. The seed-faith benefit that the TV preachers are trying to get you to buy into is temporal. It dies with the world. Whatever benefit you may get from that seed-faith money, and usually it's only the TV preacher that benefits from your seed-faith money, if you get any benefit at all, It is not the kingdom of God benefit that's eternal. It's a payback or a benefit of something that's temporal. It's of this world. So the kingdom of God is eternal. And the investment we make must be an investment of discipleship. Or it will not build the kingdom. This tiny seed will not become a huge tree where people will find rest in its branches. But the kingdom of God does become that. So when you think about what you're investing in, what interests you, what you're willing to give your time to, Ask yourself, is this a kingdom of God investment? If it is not, it will not grow and be sustainable like the tree that Jesus is talking about here. But over and over and over and over again, I can show you person after person after person after groups of persons who have invested in worship, Bible study, fellowship, ministry, missions and evangelism, who continue to serve the Lord in joy and reaching the world with the gospel. Namely, that program that I speak of is the Sunday School. And any other discipleship ministry we may may have or may start. So let me caution you as we come upon the summertime. Be careful who you kiss. Be careful who you invest in. It may get ugly if it's not about the kingdom of God. It may be fun for a while, but if there's no yield, if there's no harvest, if there's no work of the kingdom that is beyond explanation, namely, miraculous, then you are investing in something that will not work. Church in uh, Chicago was a... Pastor by Bill Hybels, what name of that church? What was it, Mike? Bill Hybels was pastor, big church in Chicago. What was it? They had a campus, huge campus, developed huge campus. They had programs and ministries out the wazoo. They had thousands of people coming. And then they reached a peak where they could not sustain the people with the many programs they kept cranking out at that church. The novelty wore off. If you want to see a church reach its peak, try the programs that are new. Here's another new one. Here's another new one. Here's another new one. The novelty approach. And it will soon peak because... Kind of like the new restaurants that come to town. Everybody wants to go to the new one. And the ones they've eaten at before, they're tired of those. I remember when Cheddar's came to Louisville. Man, everybody ate at Cheddar's. And Morrison's Cafe went defunct. Well, I like Morrison's a whole lot better than I like Cheddar's. But the church in uh, Chicago, did you find it? Willow Creek. Willow Creek. And the reason I say that is not to pick on them, but to quote a book that Bill Hybels wrote. And Bill Hybels will tell you today, our biggest mistake was that we failed to disciple the people that came to our programs. We failed to disciple them. I'm glad today that the number one program that's going to be in that building is called Sunday School, and we will get back to more Sunday School classes, and we will have new classes that we've never had before, because you have changed in the last two years. You're not the same church, and that's a good thing. We are on the, is this the right word, precipice? You know what precipice is? We're right on that verge. We're right on the precipice. Look that word up. To, wrote. <laughs> we. He says it's the right word. Okay. We. Are <laughs> what do you say, Bill? Is this the right word? You hope so, David. What do you think? We are on the precipice. Gotta get a thumbs up. Okay. Depending on how I use it now, right now. <laughs> We are on the precipice of being a whole new church right now. Ekron Baptist Church has never been in the position that you are now to have a disciple-making church as never before and never will have again. Now, that does not mean that if we are a discipleship church, all of a sudden, we're full of people. That's not what that means. Program churches fill up with people real quick. We can start recreation programs, go out and get a bunch of people. Here they are, cap their noses. Boy, aren't we doing good. No, we're not. We're not doing good if we fail to disciple them and worship. Bible study, fellowship, missions, and ministry. That is the kingdom of God at work in our world, and the church is God's vehicle for bringing that about. We do not need to resurrect old programs like we've always done. We don't have to do that. I think you've discovered, after a year and a half, that you're enjoying being at home on Sunday night with your family, that's not a bad thing. Do we have Sunday night service again? Perhaps we will. But it won't be for the sake of having Sunday night service. Jesus said, Sabbath was created for man, not man for the Sabbath. If we have anything in addition to Sunday school and Sunday morning worship, we must answer the question, what is the need? How can we disciple? through this next event. We've been without a youth minister for too long, and we need one. But what I've seen happen on the good side of that is that parents are stepping up to be the youth ministers. That's a good thing. That's a real good thing. That's as Bible as it comes. The Bible says, you will teach the Word of God to your children, and they will teach it to their children. That is not the job of the youth minister nor the pastor. That is the job of mom and dad and whoever the guardians are in their family. And you have been forced to do without the staff member. And you have taken up the mantle of discipleship with your own students, namely your own children, and made sure that they could have a bonfire and play spin the bottle, I guess. We're not playing spin the bottle, That. Boys, that didn't work for me, and it ain't going to work for you either. I'm going to tell you that right now. She don't like you. She ain't going to kiss you anyway. Am I making sense today? If I am, say amen. Richard, I'm going to miss the car horns next Sunday. So I think I'm going to find about 50 kazoos. and instead of saying amen they can everybody can blow the kazoo especially when we say Christ is risen Christ is risen indeed kazoo's go to town that's a trumpet worth blowing ain't it and everybody can play a kazoo a kazoo well that's about all i've got to say today i hope it sunk in i hope you can say amen I hope you, hope you can begin to see a future where not only are we bringing back chicken dinners, but we're making the most of opportunities. Let me tell you a ministry I think Ekron Baptist Church needs to start. I believe it'd go over real big. I believe it'd be number one, outreach. I believe number two, it'd be missions. I believe number three, it would be ministry. I believe number four, it would be fellowship. I believe number five, it can be worship. We live in a community that doesn't hear from us very often. Now, we're here. Y'all come. But they don't hear from us much. Now, Bob and others on that prayer team will make phone calls and send cards. And that's pretty much how community people hear from us. But what I've discovered is There are a lot of people who are not eating well in Ekron, Kentucky. And toward the end of the month, they've run out. And I would like for you to think about a free community meal served from your kitchen on the last Thursday of every month. Now, that thing will fund itself. We don't charge. It's free. We do need people who will work. We're not going to put all the work on Bonnie and the kitchen committee. They've got enough to do with chicken dinners every month. And y'all do a great job. But you think about that. You pray about that. There will be 20 people who will come quietly with dignity. We will have music playing. We will have a, a good meal and some to take home in these take home boxes. And these folks will get through the end of the month. We have senior adults in our community that are eating beans when they ought to be eating chicken fried steak. Okay? eating beans out of a can, and they ought to be eating chicken fried steak and chili and homemade uh, uh, soup and nourishing food like that. But they have too much dignity to come to Brother Tom and say, you know, I, need a can, I need a can of beans, or I need this, or I need that. And we can get our pantry refilled here and send these folks home with a take-home box and some food in the pantry and to get them through the next week. Now, the first month or two that we do this, it won't be too highly attended, but it, the word will get out. You will never run out of the monies that are required to operate this program. And When they come, they'll have fellowship with you, When they come, there'll be a Bible study. There'll be a little devotion. There'll be a song and a time for worship as well and a thought that will help pick these folks up and say, we love you and you can get through it this time. The question we need to ask ourselves as a church is, if our church burned down, and never opened its doors again. Would the Akron community miss us? That's a question to ask. And I'm not trying to house and clothe every person out there. I'm trying to do ministry, Bible study, evangelism, fellowship, and worship through a meal once a month. People will give to this like you wouldn't believe. They, I, I've, in fact, we've done it at Parkland for how many years? But it takes a faithful crew to operate it once a month. is not a whole lot to ask. You've been listening to the Sunday morning worship service of the Ekron Baptist Church you too can accept the eternal life offered by Jesus Christ. First, admit that you are a sinner. Then believe that Jesus Christ can forgive you of your sins and ask Him to come into your heart and change your life. Then confess your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. If you've made this decision today, write to us at the Akron Baptist Church, 2775 Hayesville Road, Akron, Kentucky, 40117. If you're looking for a church home, we invite you to be a part of our growing family with programs and Bible studies for all ages. Join us next Sunday at 11 a.m. for morning worship from the Akron Baptist Church. Until that time, may God bless.